Hi, I'm David Beaton, and you're listening to Glory Days of Gold. Lord Provost Warren of Glasgow presents the Scottish League Cup to the side that lasted the course better, all conquering East Fife. As I made my way to that pitch on Wellesley Road To sing my songs for the boys in black and gold I heard the stories about 1938 And I was just a boy I knew I'd have to wait there's broken dreams and what might have been at that stadium by the shore But those glory days of gold might return once more Hello, hello, how do you do? We are the boys from New Bayview and we're back with another episode of Glory Days of Gold Your East Fife and Scottish Football Podcast I'm Michael McCall Nandy And we've got a special episode for you. It's one of our interview episodes. We haven't done one of these for a while. We've been looking forward to, to bringing you that. It's with 90s legend Dickie Gibb. He's a, a guy, Lee, that folk have been asking for for a long time on the show. Delighted to have him and fantastic chat. Yeah, really, really enjoyed it. Really, really enjoyed it. He, st- he still looks like he could be Ian Matthews' dad. Yes. Um, min- minus the tash. Um, which he was obviously very famous for in the 90s but I mean I only caught the sort of tail end of his career as an East Fife fan but I mean even as far as, as, as guests we've had on the show an absolute gentleman and great to interview such a legend right? Yeah absolutely so we've got that coming up we'll also talk about all of East Fife's signings so that'll just take a couple of minutes and then we'll we'll get to the interview but before we get any of that just want to mention that this episode of Glory Days of Gold is brought to you by Manscaped. The best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Their products are precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped's performance package, the ultimate men's hygiene bundle. Join over 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you. You can get 20% off Free worldwide shipping. Lee's got his. I've got mine here in Canada. Use the code GDOG, G Dog, if you want it that way, for glory days of gold, at manscaped.com. And if my math's correct, that's about 8 million balls that they, they've been helping over the, the years, Lee. And you've got your package there, the yes, Manscaped I do. package. Uh, I have both, actually, yeah. Yeah, very impressed you've been. <laughs> And obviously for our viewers, you'll not be able to see this, but I'm going to actually give Michael a demonstration of how hair-free my ball sack is now, thanks to my, my new Manscaped trip. Nah, I'm not joking. I'm not actually going to bring my balls out for you, Michael. You might be glad slash disappointed to know. Well, but, I, yeah. I've had a horrible day as it is. That was just a cap to off. So if anyone wonders why my voice is gone, I've tested positive for COVID this morning. But we don't let that derail the podcast because I don't no. think we can get it through this. Definitely. <laughs> Definitely not. Um, I would hope not anyway, but Computer no, really climate. impressed. Really impressed with the, the kit that we've received from, from Manscaped. Um, they reached out to the sponsor, your your favourite East Fife and Scottish football podcast. And we were very um, grateful to receive some of the, 
the kit that they offer in return um, for for some sponsorship. So uh, we were very lucky to receive the performance package 4.0 and I actually really impressed with how good it looks. Um, not only looks, but feels as well. Like had a, a quick shot and um, managed to not nick the old uh, twig and berries, which is always great when you're yes. giving yourself a bit of grooming. I'm, I'm sure you've probably been yes, there. Yes, I when... think we've all been there and done that and it's agony afterwards. Yes, um, so I can safely say that in my own personal experience, I managed to not nip the gooch when doing it, which was brilliant. But not only that, like some of the other stuff that you get in it is amazing as well. Um, like a nose and ear hair trimmer, and when you get to your age, Michael, that's something that you, you desperately need. Oh, it is. It, sadly, it very much is. It's like, you know you're old when your ears are starting to get hairy, but the weed whacker in this Manscaped kit is fantastic for that. Yeah, I mean... I'm actually embarrassed to say that my wife takes great pleasure in plucking out the, the nose hair oh, um, when I get them. So this is one a, of the a most much... painful things. Yes, it is. But that's why she takes great pleasure in it and the bit of the sadist that she is. But um, safe to say, I, I no longer have to ask her to use that. But don't get me wrong, the razor is amazing. But the, the thing that I've enjoyed in the pack the most is the Manscaped boxers, which, by the way, genuinely feel like your balls are in a silk hammock. It is unbelievable. So if any of our listeners do want to get their, their hands, not on my balls, but on any of the Manscaped stuff, do remember to use the, the discount code GDOG. If you if you go to buy any of the products, I would certainly recommend the ones that we've used so far. You get your the crop preserver, which is basically like deodorant for your balls. And yeah, I'm sure your missus will thank you for it, um, or your other half, depending on where your orientation lies. But I mean, some of the other things that we got in there, you got the travel bag, um, managed to get a free t-shirt as well if you ordered it just now so like I say get onto the Manscaped uh, website so that's www.manscaped.com enter your discount code at your checkout which is GDOG that's 20% off with free shipping at Manscaped using the GDOG code unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped and it's all waterproof as well which is fantastic but the travel yes, so bag that you mentioned is really good quality as well yeah like totally leather so I was really impressed with that and to be honest, the, the pack as a whole in, in terms of value for money is great. One of the, the things that did make me chuckle, though, was when I was testing the razor out, is you turn it on and a little torch comes on. Um, I don't tend to have that problem where I can't find what I'm looking at. I normally past my massive belly. But um, for any, if any are extremely well endowed and have to move your massive chopper out of the way to, to find your places to shave, then at least you've got a torch at the end of your razor. Yes. And it's like it reduces the, the risk of ingrown hairs, it reduces the risk of grooming accidents, and I've been very, very impressed with it so far. Yeah, definitely. Well, you know where to look now, guys. Manscaped.com, enter that code GDOG, G-D-O-G, Golf Delta, Oscar Golf, obviously standing for Glory Days of Gold. And yeah, head along to Manscaped now. Yes. And we'll put that out on our socials and everything as well, on the Glory Days of Gold socials and also on the AFTN socials. And if you can support the site by making some orders from there, it'll be very much appreciated by us here at Glory Days of Gold. Let's move on to the football chat now. And facetiously, I joked at the start there that we're going to talk about the new signing, so that won't take long at all. But worryingly, that is the case just now, Lee. We know we're in the bottom tier for next season. We know it's going to be a tough league to get out of, but it's certainly a league that you would feel a club like East Fife should be challenging for a playoff place. But you look at 
some of the signings that the clubs round about us are making. Sterling Albion, for example, are being particularly busy under Darren Young. Uh, we'll just take it our guys, yeah. Yeah, yeah. East Sterling Albion, um, in terms of East Fife, Sterling Albion FC hybrid, um, look like they've got the potential to be strong. But look, you know, I, I, I think that or part of the rumours that I'm hearing is that we're not announcing players purely because they're still tied to their clubs until June. So hopefully ah. we'll start seeing a few more players coming in. But we've made two signings to, so far, Michael. Probably the best of the two so far is Alan Fleming, obviously yep. coming in as a really experienced goalkeeper, been at us before, we know what he's capable of, good shot stopper. Um, well, I think he's an upgrade. We're hearing the rumours that Jude Smith's moving on. So Yeah, we, yeah, we well, I mean, but, but to be fair, Stevie Crawford said in the um, notes for signing Alan Fleming is that he's here to help Jude on and off the park. So maybe maybe there's a, a chance that we might not be losing him and Scott Gallagher's um, still not had his operation yet, so he's looking to be out with a long-term injury. So it'll be interesting to see what actually happens there, but at least next season we'll not be in the situation where if any of these guys do get injured that we don't have an experienced goalie at backup. I mean, obviously we look at the situation last year with, with young Liam Campbell um, at 17-year-old having to come in and, and play a couple of games for us. Um, after injuries to, to Gallagher and, and Jude sending off sort injuries or whatever it was he had at the time. So um, at least having Alan Fleming there, I don't know if he's maybe going to do a bit of coaching as well, who knows. Um, but yeah, a, a strong signing. Um, and then of course, Scott Shepard coming in from Forfa. I don't know an awful lot about Scott. Um, some of the... He hasn't looked the most prolific when you look at his stats. No. No, but it's one of those things when you class somebody as a forward now, they're not always necessarily a striker. And I, I think that it's, we're prudent to not get involved in that sort of mindset because then it'll only lead to disappointment. It could be very much a Ryan Wallace. You know, how many goals has Ryan Wallace scored over the years, but we know what he's capable of doing when he's going forward. Um, so but we'll just need to wait to see that the feedback from four for fans is he'll give you 100% effort, but there's not lots and lots of ability there but there's obviously been enough for, for Stevie Crawford and, and Greg McDonald that, that they want to bring him in Yeah and we we need some, some more additions and hopefully if you're saying that that's what they're waiting for is the announcements uh, once they've officially left the clubs and that there are things in the pipeline that'll put my, my mind at ease a little bit because right now I am I'm concerned but it is early days, and I'm trying to temper that. I think it's just when you see what's happened to, like, Cowdenbeath and you see what's happened to Brecon and Berwick and East Stirling, and it's like, I, I, th- I would hope we're far away from that, but it just takes one bad season and you're really in the shit. That's, Michael, that's the, the fear you've got when you get into the, the, the basement league in, in the top tier of Scottish football, uh, top tiers of Scottish football, you're always going to have that that worry over your head. But, I mean, look, let's but before we move on to that part, I think that there's a few things that we do need to say, particularly around Kevin Smith, obviously, now being announced that he's played his last game for the club. And I'm really, really, well, not really, he's got his testimonial, which is coming up in, in July against Hearts. But I'm, I'm sad to see Kev go. Um, I really, really am, not just because of what he is on the pitch, but what he is off it and just... Yeah a real captain and a really great guy. Um, it was great to see the the turnout of the, the fans game for him. Um, yes, he missed some been fantastic. He missed some absolute sitters in that game as oh. well. But 
Um, I went along to the brunch. The brunch was excellent. Uh, really good spread put on by the club and, and kudos to the, the club for doing so. Um, but the, the the whole day it was, was a thoroughly enjoyable event. Everybody that went really enjoyed it. Um, there was a, it was really disappointing because there was a few players that were meant to play never turned up, namely Nathan and Jordan Austin. Um, who I mean, you've got Jamie Insel, who I've, I've gained a massive respect for flying all the way up from England to, to play in Kev's testimonial and Nathan and Jordan, who live locally, didn't come along. Um, look, I, I hope they've got a good reason for it, and it is. If they do have one, then, then fair enough, but pretty disappointing from them not to not to show when they live so close. Um, Liam Kelly, um, I, I knew, was looking to be involved in that, but it's just been called up to the Scotland squad, so obviously he did have some more important stuff yes, to do. Slightly but, more important, but that big game coming yeah. up. Yeah, we'll forgive them for that. But, I mean, some of the players that did make the effort were, were absolutely brilliant. Like I say, Jimmy Insull and um, all the players that were there, you know, Chris Kane, you know, all these guys did such a great job in making sure that they interacted with fans, loads of fans and players mingling in the game after the pitch, uh, on the pitch and taking selfies and all that sort of stuff. And it, it just, it, it really hit home to me how great it is to be an East Fife fan that day. It really did. Um, and I know that the club have got some more um, events coming up to, to to thank Kev for his service and I hope that he, he gets the time that he deserves. are coming uh, as his testimonial game as well, so that's good. It, it's, it's tough because we've let him go and now he's having his testimonial. It, it's nicer if you have the testimonial and then they move on, but, I mean, you look at the... what what Stevie Croft has done this off-season so far and there's been a lot of players go out so he clearly wants to rebuild the squad and he needs to. I, I wasn't on the show when you guys were, were doing who you would keep, who you would let go but there was very few people that if you said I'm just going to blow up the squad and just bring a whole new squad in do you know what? I wouldn't be too upset by that because that's what it needs but we need some quality in there as well and I've maybe got some concerns that we might be looking at players. We've heard murmurs that we're looking at players that's in the Lowland League and stuff like that. There's some rough diamonds in there. There's some good things in there, but I hope we get some quality announcements for for players soon. I mean, we won't go into it too much just now until there is some more, but if we're sitting here in a month's time and we still haven't got a lot of good players added, I mean, Genuinely, I'm going to be concerned. Yeah, but look, like I say, it's early doors and, and let's hope the club have got some stuff lined up. But just to confirm the, the date of the testimonial for Kevin Smith, Tuesday the seventh, eh, sorry, Tuesday the 5th of July at 7pm. Tickets priced at £10 for adults, £5 for um, over 65s and under 16s. Um, there's going to be, um, I believe, the full Hearts team out for the first half, and then a mixture of youth in the second half. So oh, please nice. do, please do get along to that if you can to support. Um, we've also announced some of our other friendlies, and make sure you get your season tickets as well if you're planning to to do so. The other player that I was I was really gutted was was Chris Higgins. Um, and I know yeah. that, that Higgy has a, a wee dip in form every now and then, but. I did want to call out a, a, a massive thank you for everything he did for, for East Fife. And you could see how pained he was by the the relegation. But I believe that he's, he's just said he couldn't put his body through another season. And, you know, That's obviously is in the latter stages of his career. But although not 
been at us for that long, a great player for us on on many occasions, and, and I just wanted to say the season. Yeah, when we were doing the the awards in the last show, and I just thought he was excellent. We're going to miss that leadership on the pitch at the back. We're going to yeah. miss that in the locker room as well, and with Kev going on as well, we definitely need to get a kind of older head or two in there. It's yeah. fine having a young team and building around youth, and that's what they've tried to do here in, in Vancouver with the Whitecaps, but you still have to get those older heads in because yeah. when, when things aren't going well, you need someone to say, look, we can do this, blah, blah, blah. So, yeah, be patiently watching once June comes to see what additions we make. Yeah, and I mean, obviously, you've got the other players away, Aaron Dunn's more... Um, etc. But I mean, in terms of players staying, it looks like Aaron Steele's staying, which I'm really happy with. He's a player that I like a lot. And Stuart Murdoch looks like he's staying. Um, Kieran Miller um, signed the contract extension, which I think would be great for, for League Two. The, the Ryan Wallace situation mm. seems to be a, a fair bit of ambiguity, and, and rumours are that he's obviously looking to try and leave. I think. The good thing that we'll have now, though, is that the club have been careless in the past in terms of the Scott Agnew situation and letting him go for free to a rival. I don't think that we would be burned with that again. I think that the club will learn their lesson and they'll command a fee for Ryan, and I'm sure that they oh, won't sell him to anybody else in the league. Yeah, we, so, we, we need to. And I don't think he fancies a, a Scottish League 2 campaign, so I think he's going to want to hire a higher division to play in anyway. Well, I mean, there's rumours that Wallace is on something like 300, £350 a week. So if that's the case, I mean, that's two really good League Two players yeah, that we could get for him. Yeah, gone Plus, as well. Look at the wage that that's opened up. Yeah. So, I mean... Kate yeah, Smith I wonder, have been on a fair whack as well. No, I, I think, think maybe in the later stages of his career, and I don't think Kev will have been on too much, but definitely Swanson and Wallace's wages between them were probably circa 650 700 pounds so you know we're, we're hopeful in, in that sense that we could bring in some some good players for that money and you know i'm, I'm hopeful that the that, that crawford will be will be all over it yeah hopefully our, our podcasts over the summer are going to be more sporadic we're not going to be doing like weekly ones but we do hope to have some more interviews and if there is any big breaking news stories, we'll maybe try to get together and get the guys' opinions on that. I know there's been a lot of disgruntlement about the, the cost for season tickets, and we'll maybe get into that a little bit more when we've got Gordon and Duggan on the next show, but yeah, I, I understand why they've gone up, but when you look at what you can get... <laughs> oh, well, we, 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 we've, we've argued this in our podcast, and like I'm happy to talk about it now, the two of us, because I think we've probably got a different opinion each on it, right? Yeah. My opinion is, is the club haven't raised their prices in, I think, four or five years, right? If we'd incrementally put them up by £5 a year, people probably wouldn't have said much. But because we've banged it on at once and we've gone down a division, I think that it's social suicide is what it looks like. But in terms of inflation, it's not actually too bad. Now, I know that you could argue that other clubs, you know, aren't putting their prices up, blah, 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 etc. I get that. Tick. Not arguing with that. But you've got to remember, like, all of the club's costs and running costs will be going up, just like all our household bills are as well. And my energy bill has tripled since, yeah, since April. I know. Right? I'm quite concerned for my dad from that side of things as well, just because I've, so, I've been reading everything about everything going up over there. 
So I was paying £85, right? I'm now paying 240 quid, right? Yeah. So if that's affecting me, consumer, can you imagine the costs and extra for a business? And yeah, the, the running costs of a stadium. I do get that. I do know that their costs all that sort of stuff. up with floodlights and training and everything like that as well. But I, I just got it up just now because you look across the rest of League Two and our season tickets are £90 more than the next club. Dumbarton's 200 Forfar's 200 Stranraer's 200 We're 290 You can get to Stenhouse Muir for 130 You can get two Steny season tickets. Admittedly, it means you have to go to Stenhouse Muir every two weeks. But you get two Steny season tickets for the cost of one of ours. And £18 to get in for bottom-tier Scottish football, I think it's so hard to justify. I am obviously quite a bit detached from it now. I'm looking at, like, you can get... For that price, you could get tickets to MLS games. And you're seeing, like, some yeah. world-class class players. But you're seeing world-class players for, for that kind of money. And I know it's different here and there and stuff like that, but if you're a young family or say say you're a young dad you've got a kid or a couple of kids and you don't have that real strong attachment to east fife like we do and you're thinking ah do you know what i could go and watch hearts or dundee united and see premier football for just a little bit more it's going to be a tough sell for the club it is but how many of those did we get when it was 15 quid yeah i mean i I don't know what the breakdown of our fan base is these days really anymore be interesting if there was like if we could pull the, the fans coming in in terms of the demographic of fans yeah. we've got where they're from how old Which they are they, blah, they blah, did blah, blah. before did they not they did some kind of report or something yeah but really i mean i don't think that there'll be many casual fans that go it's only going to be your diehards and we're paying on our season ticket diehard tax that's it yeah you know that that if really we is don't it. have but a good could... season though to get bums and seats through the gate on a pay-per-game basis, it's going to be very tough at 18. Right, so let's let's flip it again, right? One thing that we've all talked about is the Community Football Club and yes. getting more younger fans in and why are we giving younger fan tickets for free, blah, blah, blah. The club have now done that. Mm-hmm. Where does that money come from if we're not going to be charging these these fans that are with a, maybe some of the younger fans that are coming in, we're going to lose the revenue from them because they'll now be getting in um, free for whatever. That, that, that money's got to come from somewhere. Yeah, I totally get that, but it, I know we're not a charity and ultimately, whether you like it or not, football clubs are businesses. Yeah. And if you look to this as a normal business, it's like if you don't put prices up, you're not going to survive. And food prices are going up and everything is going up. And like, well, even the guy that's done the pie stands jacked it. Yeah. The guy, the same guy that's done the pie stand for 20 years or whatever it is, he's, he's jacked it as well. Yeah. But you've, you've got to, like, I, I know the price of petrol's gone up crazy there. It's gone up crazy here as well. And. Like here, when the pandemic was on, you could get a, a litre for 79 cents at the start of the pandemic. It's up at yeah. 232. And it's like, it's just gone absolutely nuts here. And I know there's like petrol prices there's gone through that as well. So I think folk will be picking and choosing what away games to go to. Yeah. 
So then you've got your opposition fans that might be like, well, the price of petrol, £18 to get in, I'm just going to skip the, the East Fife game. Yeah, look at this. It's going to be a lot of ifs and buts, and the only people that are going to really know um, how that's going to affect the coffers or the club, right? Um, I don't want to sound like I'm defending my team because there's a lot of stuff that they do that I really disagree with. And, you know, I've, I've been vocal about criticisms and stuff that I have in the past. And by the way, not just to the, the podcast, you know, to members off the board when I've spoken to them, like, I, I feel that, like, even now, we're going to be coming up to the start of the season, no commercial activity, no get your boards in, no, you know, get your money invested in the club, none of that. Um, I see the Edinburgh City are advertising for a commercial manager just now, and I'm going to pay them 30 grand a year. Oof. That's a club in the same division as us. Man, right. I so, would go for that if I was over there just now. I mean, if I wasn't in the job I was in, I'd look at that going, here, 30 grand. That's a decent salary and I could work in football. Yeah. Why wouldn't I do that? Um, so definitely there's there's opportunities we're missing. The commercial side, I'm not going to harp on about it because I've done it so many times, but you know, we need to be better at that. I believe that there's somebody that they're getting in. And if that's the case, then get them in and get them off to a flyer as, as soon as we possibly can. I mean, we've just spoken to Dickie Gibb there and, you know, we've offered to host them at our hospitality game, which we haven't booked from two years ago when we bought our board. So we'll, we'll hopefully get him in and maybe a, a few former players in at that. You know, even the, some of the other stuff that I've said in the past, like if the club are wanting to fill hospitality, why don't they try and get a former player in to come and sit with the fans in yeah, hospitality. That's what all the clubs do. Yeah. You know, if they're, if they're after every um, game, you could have a Dickie Gibb or a Dave Beaton or Ewan Donaldson or Kenny Duker or Ross Graham or, you know, just picking names out, out of my head. If you can get all these guys in to, to, to sit with fans, I know they've done it in the past, but really advertise it, you know, get a night with Dickie Gibb, I would come along and host it. Yeah. No problem. Like I'd, I would happily come and do a, like a QA with the fans after it. You know, no problem at all. I'm sure Liam would do a, a great job at doing it as well, like he did at Kevin's testimonial. But just these players held in more... such high esteem still yeah. by the fans, and it's like it's when you're going through a bad time, you kind of want to to look back at your past and get some feel good moments. And like Absolutely. what we need at Bayview just now, we've got to get the feel good factor back. And right yeah. now. You, you go online, you look at Twitter, you go on message boards, Facebook, WhatsApp chats. There's no feel-good factor there at all. No, but we do have a very negative fan base. Yes, um, but I think they have <laughs> got quite rightly to, to feel that way just now. Yeah, but... just, just, just now they do. Um, just now they do. Um, and I'm not going to take that away from them. But, you know, equally, it's, it's very easy to be a fan in the good times. Oh, yeah. A time when you're a supporter is, is in the bad times and you're in the trenches and that's where we are now so yeah. it's time to, to universally back the club if you're financially able to do so by the way like I know that it's you know a privilege to, to be able to afford the price of a season ticket and I think the club have done a great thing about being able to pay your season ticket up I think that's excellent from the club and something I suggested to, to Eugene Clark when he was our trust rep all those years ago about ways to manage that so I think that you know, they're trying to do the best they can in a shite situation. Hopefully once the club's in a better place commercially, the prices and stuff can come down. But 
until such a time, then we'll just need to wait and see what happens. But back the club, they need us at most of the can now. They most certainly do. But I think that's it for our chat about the, the current situation at East Fife. Let's take a little trip down memory lane now with a player that spent nearly a decade at East Fife. He's still highly thought of from fans that watched him play in the 90s. He played at both the Old Bayview and the New Bayview. So go stick the kettle on, grab your biscuit of choice, sit back and relax, and enjoy our chat with Dickie Gibb. So delighted now to say that we are joined by a man that signed for East Fife on the 17th of September 1993, made 197 appearances across all competitions, scoring five goals, spent eight seasons at Bayview. He's a bit of a legend in in East Fife folklore. He's a man that many of us have been asking to get on the show for a while. So welcome, Dickie Gibb. Thanks for joining us today, Dickie. No problem, it's a pleasure, great to be here. And Lee, so many folks been asking for Dickie over the years, it's just great to have him on the show. Yep, well we just had our two year anniversary of the podcast last week and I sent you a nice little anniversary message, didn't I Michael? So happy anniversary to you too. It's been a beautiful two years. Uh, Yeah, Dickie is obviously someday known and loved by East Fife fans. We've just celebrated Kevin Smith's testimonial and I put out a tweet saying the next, the, the last person to get a testimonial before Kevin Smith was Dickie Gibb. However, I've since been corrected that it was actually John Allison. Yeah, but but Dickie was the last man to get it for longevity because John yes. got it because of injury and to raise money for that. So You stole my thunder of what I was going oh, to say there, Michael. <laughs> but, Dickie, an absolute pleasure to have you on, an, an absolute legend of the club. Somebody I used to work with um, a long time ago in MGT, his name is Graham Russell, and you're his all-time favourite East Fife player. And every time I see him, the first question I ask me is, when you get getting Dickie Gibb on your podcast? So I'm dedicating this one to you, Rusty. I hope you enjoy it. Yeah, we've we've had a couple of guys from, from your era on Dickie. Uh, we've had Dave Beaton and Willie Brown and a couple of guys like that. Our live event, our live event with Steve Archibald as well. Yeah. Which... I missed that. I would love to have went to that. Did they not have a wee thing through Bayview a couple of months ago? Yeah, yeah, I was hoping they were going to video it so that I could Question see it. But then... Yeah, yeah. So it's well, your name came up in that. Well. Yeah, it went really well. So what we'll do today with you, Dickie, is we'll just kind of take you through your career and just talk about some of the the highlights of your your time at Bayview. So you, you had uh, eight seasons at Bayview. You're, you're fondly remembered by the fans here on the pitch. There was definitely some ups and some downs, but how how do you look back at that time at East Fife? To be honest, I actually loved every minute. I went through probably about eight managers in the eight year or ten, nine years, whatever it was. And for some reason, every one of them kept me on. So I must have done some. I wasn't one of the players that at the end of the season, I want more money or I want this and I want that. Whatever East Fife offered me, I accepted it every year. And I just loved playing for the jersey. And at the time when we started at East Fife, it was a great club to play for. And it was well run, well organised. 
They had their own bus, used to pick us all up at uh, the bridge, take us to training, take us back. Unfortunately, and later on in years, the wee bus had to get sold and that. But that, that was just the wee things that they used to do for you uh, when I just first signed my East Fife. It was just everything about the club. I had, I had loads of great times in the years. I was on holiday three times all through East Fife and had amazing, amazing times on holiday. Yeah, because I, I know there were some really good trips with that as well. So we'll, we'll take you way back just before we get to your East Fife days. Who did you support when you, you were growing up? And was there kind of like a, a footballing hero that you aspired to be like? Well, when I was young, I was brought up to be a Ranger fan. And you'll probably see that in my team, my best team. <laughs> As most of the players, you might not like it, but I was unfortunately, I didn't get a chance to play at Parkhead or anything. Mm. So I played at Ibrox with East Fife, and it was, that was a highlight of my career, to be honest. Was that the yeah. Cup game? It was the Scottish Cup. Yeah. But the first game I ever went to. Oh, was yeah, it? so it was. Yeah. First well, game I, I went to. Beat, I think we got beat 3-0. We were getting yeah. beat 3-0 at half time. Yeah, yeah and the because... second half, you really kind of... Who was the lad that came on at, at half-time? I don't know, but it took Brian Loudrop off at half-time because he was getting <laughs> guilty at half-time. <laughs> I know I... that... It, oh, that's going to annoy me, but East Fife made a change at half-time. I can't remember who we brought on, but he, he went on to play for Thornton Hibbs, and my father-in-law is an ex-chairman at Thornton Hibbs. And he, like anything we're talking about football, he always says about that game. He's like, when that boy came on, he said, there was no, 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 when I was on the park. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was someday that, because we were, we were getting pelted by the Rangers fans because they were above us in the stand and they'd put us in the bottom, which was a stupid thing to do. And then I was getting lots of grief outside because I was wearing our away top at the time, which was the green and white stripes. Uh. And they're like, get that off and stuff. And it's like, it's the East Fife strip. But anyway. Just, just um, so, like, did you have a footballing hero that when, when you were a little boy that you kind of looked up to and you thought, I want, when I'm older, I want to be like him? David Cooper was my hero. Mm. Unfortunately, he's not with us any longer. But yeah. I used to love watching him when I was a young, young boy. He was probably just young at the time as well, but... He, he stood out for me every time I watched him. He stood out, and he, he was like a typical winger. He was either brilliant or he wasn't getting enough of the ball. But when when he was on his game, you couldn't, nobody could match him. In my, my opinion. Yeah, he was like an absolute star. When what was your earliest memories then of playing football? Like, when did you know that you had what it took that you could actually be a, a professional footballer? To be honest. It came out the blue because I played, I played with Paul Saints juveniles, and then I went on and played with Bo Call Aces juveniles, under twenty ones. Uh, I was only probably about eighteen at the time, and then Bathgate, who's were that was like local rivalry, they came in for me, and I went to Bathgate United, which was the better. They were one of the better juvenile teams then, so I signed with them, and then. At the end of the season, I went junior and I signed with Stonyburn Juniors for a season. And young, I don't know if you know him, he's not young now, but uh, 
the manager on that was brilliant. And I actually enjoyed this first season there. But my father run, run a football team in Hart Hill. Uh, and they were one of the best. They were actually better organised than most junior teams at that time. And they were a really good setup. So I ended up going and playing with them, which maybe knocked me back a wee bit. Because although it was a great it was a great league and we had, we won trophies every year and had great times. And as I say, they were they were probably better organised than the most junior clubs at that time. Uh, but my father died young. My father died at 47. So I wanted to move away from Hart Hill after that. And then my local junior club, Armadale Juniors, they came in for me. And uh, <clears throat> I says, I definitely signed. So I, I signed straight away for the first, for the year. And uh, that year, I actually done really well. I won the East Region Player of the Year that year in my very first season, which was, well, I don't think many people around about this area has, has won it. It was like the pink paper. And the, the, the team that you used to play against always picked a man in the match or, or you got marks out of 10. And at the end of the season, whoever it is had done the pink, the sports pages and that, they they worked out and I got I got a gallon of whiskey. I got a gallon of whiskey and I've got something, I think it was trophy and that like. Because I remember I got it down at Bone S. We played in a cup final with Armadale. And I got it that before that. I was only I was only when I see the pictures, I look young as anything in them. So I played there for that season and I, I won that. And then the next again season just started. And then Alec Totten, no, tell a lie. Patrick Thistle came in, asked me, John Lambert was, asked me to play on a Monday night against, it was against Rangers, through Fair Hill. I was actually playing against Mikhailachenko, and he's about six feet eight. <laughs> and, but I actually played okay, and I, I thought I'd done really well. And he says I'd done well too, but at that time they were in the Premier League. And he said to me, you'll be playing, you'll be playing next Saturday. Because he actually gave me a loft home. And I'm like, it's never got to happen. I'm not going to jump for junior to play in the Premier League as quick as that. So anyway, that night, I got a telephone call for Alec Totten. He had been at the game. And they asked me if I would come out on the Wednesday. I think it was a Wednesday. I might get mixed up with the days, but I'm sure it was a Wednesday night against St. Johnston up at McDermott Park. So I said, I had that in my head. I says, I have more chance of getting a raise five than mm -hmm. part of this up. In my own view, so I says to Alec Totten, definitely, I'll definitely come up, I'd love to. So I went up and I played that night and Ronnie Hildersley actually played in the same game. Don't know if you know, can you remember? Yeah, I remember Ronnie, yeah. Two of us played in that that game. And it was the same again, I enjoyed it. it was just playing at nice stadiums and surfaces and it was it was brilliant. And Alec Totten phoned me after the game that night and asked, says if he want to sign me. It just says because you played against Alan Moore and I know Alan Moore really well and I thought he'd done really well against him because he's he's been a handful for a lot of kind of lot of fullbacks and that. So I was quite happy and I, at that time that's when I signed with East Fife. That was the reason I signed. To be honest, I didn't get I wasn't a regular every week to start with because they had players. But my, I can remember, can remember my first game was at Queen's Park. So I went for playing it. Probably Tatty Fields, <laughs> probably three of the best 
surface season Scottish football in the space of about a month. So it was a great start and I loved it. And just to be just to be involved at that level, as I say, the club was run great. I thought it was brilliant. Even going on Saturdays getting the pre-match meals. I wasn't used to all that. And it was you were treated like like a professional, to be honest, if I was if I was to say and I, I loved it. So that was it. That's how I got in, got these five to start with. Did Partick ever come back and say, I thought you were going to come and play for us on Saturday? To be honest, John Lambie was quite pally with all the Armadale because he used to, he comes from Whitburn and he used to be quite pally with the committee and, that, and he, he was wanting me back out. But he never, oh, I spoke to John a few times after that and he never held a grudge or anything. He just says, you do what you, what, you, what's, what you think was best for you. And he was quite happy with that. Any regrets on that looking back that you could have potentially, uh, if you hadn't jumped the, the gun so early, that you could have gone into the Premier League? My only regrets is that I didn't take a chance earlier than my... Because I was 27. I was 27 when I went senior. And as I say, I only went junior a year before that. I, I probably... I loved my football the four years I was at Hart Hill, but I've probably held myself back to, to do a wee bit better. That, that way. But I have no regrets joining these fights instead of past that thistle because I just thought I had more chance in yeah. doing something with these fights. Well, I mean, you've, you've answered the, the one part of my question, but how did you find the step up in terms of quality, obviously, like from playing juniors to then coming to a team like East Fife and, and playing in the senior ranks? Did you notice how much difference in quality? Well, I did, I did get, it was a wee bit hard to start to begin with. I was, I was quite fortunate. I was quite, I was quite fit when I was young and I always loved my training. Even if we were out a, a run on the, the roads or anything, I was always wanting to be at the front. I wasn't one of the boys that ah, training the night. I was, I was sitting at the back and I was always wanting to be up the front. One of the ones finishing first or just the way I was. I just, I just love, I love training, to be honest. A lot of folk didn't like training, but I, I really enjoyed that, especially when it was different people's training and you were getting a different, say a different manager came in and brought somebody else in. The wee change, it always, I used to always look forward to it, although I didn't enjoy when managers left. Because to be honest, every manager I played under, I think, maybe I, you know, I know where to go with it. Apart from one, I got on with every single one of them. Oh, well, that's great. Hold that thought. We'll come back to that. Yeah, um, that was going to be one of our questions. So. <laughs> yeah. We'll come back to that. Well, Penny, Penny for your thoughts for later on. But, I mean, look, I mean, in terms of our dream debut, I mean, playing at Hamden must have been, like, I've played at Leicester Hamden when I was younger, and even that was amazing for me. But to, to go from playing junior grounds to, to getting to play at Hamden must have been some experience. Oh, it was superb, but it was superb. Even just the dressing rooms herself. She even just been in the dressing rooms. It's absolutely different class. And and walking out to the, that day, although there's not a lot of fans there, it's still different. A lot of people could play at, at senior level for 20 years and no play at hand in. Yeah. Again, a, lot of, a lot of teams, not, uh, players never made it to get a, a game at hand in. But yeah. I was fortunate that Queen's Park was there at the time, but it was, oh, it was, Part was massive, like, but it was great. And yeah. I can't remember if we won that game right enough. Something tells me it was 1-0, but I'm not right sure. 
I think I might have that somewhere. Because um, I'm sure that I asked. I'm not the best memory watching games in that like. Yeah, but like, to be honest, this is actually before my time. Like I say, my first um, game wasn't until the um, the, the Rangers game at Ibrox. Oh, lost 4-2 on your debut. Is that the first game? Yeah. At Queen's so, Park, it was a 4-2 loss. I would probably have been at that game because I, whenever we went to Queen's Park, we just never did well there. Aye. Yeah. And now they're playing at less, well, going to be playing at less and and they're going to be two divisions above us now. So I don't think we'll have yeah. to worry about that for a while. But yeah, so for our sort of younger listeners, and I'm going to class myself in that category as well, because I didn't see as many years of your career. How would you describe yourself as a player? To be honest, I never ever thought I was a great player, but everybody else used to seem to tell me that I was, and every manager always kept me, which I must have been doing something. I played for the jersey. Mm. I was. I never had any fancy tricks or anything like that. I was a winner. I gave a hundred percent as soon as I pulled the jersey on the on the part. And if I was a manager, I would ask that for all my players. And if you get that off most of them. You'll have to beat. To me, that was all I'd done. I went out there and played for the jersey and gave 100% every game. I think that's my, my recollections of you as well. It's like you you knew what you were going to get from, from, from you. And it's like you you were a guy that, as you say, you, you did play for the jersey. And it's like you, you gave it your all. And that's just what you want from your team. You want the, as a supporter, you want the players to be out there with a passion and uh, a desire to win, and you always brought that. Well, One of the quotes that I got from my fans was, no less than the 7 out of 10 every week. Mm. So, I mean, that... I'd be happy listening to that. That's, that's, it's, not, it's not easy to get that, to be honest. I'm not saying I got that every game, because, as you say, there's games that you maybe got beat 2-0 and that maybe gave a penalty away or something. I'm not saying I did, like, but... There's things like that though. you wouldn't have got a 7 out of 10 if you'd done things like that but the have it most of the times as I say it's it's probably because I played for the jump I played for the jersey all the time and I, that's what I loved I just love I love playing football and it, I, I'll never forget Alec Thornton saying standing in his training one night and he's, he picks up the ball and he's like that the best thing that was ever invented and it was it's, it's actually true if you if you love your football yeah, because I'll tell you one thing, you out the game a long time. Yeah. Yeah, like, I, I was 27 when I got to East Fife. I was lucky enough to be there for nearly 10 years. Uh, but when you, once you stop playing, it's hard, it's hard. Uh, yeah. And you, you've got to, to me, you've got to enjoy it when you can. And that's the reason I always made sure I gave 100%. I took every game as if it was my last game. That's the way I looked at it. Well, Thankfully for us, you were worse for a long time. So that that level of commitment and stuff is is probably what's held you in such high regards with these five fans for, for as, as long as you have been. So here's the question that we were going to ask you earlier on. I mean, you played under five or six managers in your time at Bayview. Maybe even more, because I think there was probably a couple of interim ones as well. I was trying to work it out, yeah. and I it was it was tough to work out exactly who was there. So I could tell you the ones that I remember. Remember. There was Alec Thornton, Steve yeah. Archibald, Jimmy Bone, 
Stevie Kirk, Rob Shannon. That's why I was. I wasn't sure. Like, were you there when Clarky came back, or had you left by then? I was the first player that Clarky got rid of when he came back. Oh, was <laughs> honest. He, he says that he fell out of me, but it wasn't true. But I was the first player that the first the first week was okay. I was training that all right, but uh, the way it happened, Rab Shannon tried to make it out that I was his assistant because he was having a bad time at that time. I was yeah. going to earlier, but just because you're asking. Yeah. Uh, but Rab Shannon was going through a wee bit of hard time and we weren't getting great results. And for some reason, the fans always took to me. And Rab thought, if, if he got me in, in beside him, give him a wee hand, it would maybe take a wee bit of pressure off him. But anyway, he got the, he got the sack and that's when David Clark came in. And David Clark, the first thing he done was took me into his office and says, what can I say? I'm bringing my own boys in. You'll need to go. Now, it's, I was going to leave this to later, but I was disappointed because I didn't even get a chance to say cheer up the fans or anything. Yeah. I didn't even get a chance. It was about like a Thursday night at the training and that was it. Pick your boots up and that and away. And that was, that was the end of it. Which was disappointing for me. And it, to me, I thought, no, I, I wouldn't bring any manager down because everybody's got their own ways of working and that. But to me, the way David Clark did it, I thought it was just a wee bit non non professional for me. Again, it could have been nicer. The, yeah. The way he went so he looked he looked at you then more as a a manager then as a than a player. Well, we looked. He, he thought that I was uh, down as Rab Shannon's assistant, but I wasn't. I wasn't. I wasn't doing anything on the training or anything at that time. I was only, it was only paper talk. That was all it was. But David Clark never even took me in and asked me questions or anything. He just he had it in his head. I think it was because I had I had been there for so long as well. No, I'm not saying David. I know David Clark was a East Fife legend for many years as well, and, and was a quality football player. But just everybody gets their own wee thing at the way you treat somebody. Mm-hmm. And he, yeah. the way I was treated with David Clark, I've not got any respect for him. Like, I think we've had a couple of folk tell us some stuff about Clark's yeah. second time ar- around. Yeah, I mean, look, I mean, that's football and it's objective and, and opinions. You know, you, you've you're quite entitled to your opinion if that's the way you've been treated. And I mean, I suppose my question is, did it leave you with a sour impression of the club? And, and did you kind of feel like it's left a bitter taste about East Fife? Or well, no, I never had a bad, never ever, I'll never have a bad taste about East Fife. It was just the way I thought. To me, I don't know how he did how he did when he came in. To be honest, uh, if he did well. I can remember a couple of games, things that he used to do. He tried to change things. I can remember a free kick that we used, used to used to say you got a, you lost a free kick 20, 20 yards out in the middle of the, the goals. He used I'll never forget this, I'm sure it was against Alawa. He used to say, put two at that side, two at that side, right? And yeah. let them let them hit it through the middle. The goalkeeper should never get beat. Right? That's just what instead of putting your wall up like everybody does. David Clark wanted, I shouldn't have been slating him, but he wanted to do it his, his way. I'll never forget it. Aloha, I'm sure it was Wally Irvin, I might be wrong. Free kick, straight through the middle of the, the wall, right into the top corner. 
Now, every, every player was saying, Gaffer, that's no good. That's, that's, that's no help us. Because he's getting a free strike at it. The goalkeeper shouldn't get beat. But that day, I can remember, I can remember that. That was just one wee hang that I'm being petty. I'm being petty with him, to be honest, because I wouldn't slate anybody. Yeah. I was just, I was disappointed the way he went about getting rid of me. That was all. Nah, we and we had right. Davy on the show, and I, we actually said to him that had the game maybe moved on and he hadn't moved on as a that's manager. I and I, I think that, from a fan watching at that time, that's how it kind of came across. To be honest, and, I thought he was out the game too long. Yeah. To come back, to come I don't back. think you should come back either sometimes. Like, Stevie Kirk had that issue as well. He came back to the club Stevie, and then... I was, there, I was there when Stevie came back. It, it tainted folks, like, how he feels about the club now. Because we've tried to get Stevie on the show and he just does not I mean, want to talk yes. about East Fife at all. So... It, it, it's tainted his memories of it, so sometimes you sh- just shouldn't go back. Nah, and Steve, Stevie was a gentleman too. I got yeah. I got on great with Stevie Kirk as well. We had, Everybody says the same. Yeah, great oh, guy. He was one of the boys. That was the only thing. He knew he knew too many people running about East Fife at the time, but it was to me he was he done a, a good job when he was there. Well, let's look at the flip side of that then. Let's go on a more positive note. Out of all the managers that you played under. Who was the best? Well, to be honest, the first three were all superb, I think. I've got Alec Totten at sent me. I wouldn't I couldn't say a bad word about him. I thought he was a gentleman and football daft. Honest. He loved his football, we'd have done anything. He used to phone you up my Sunday morning after the games, if you got a good not every week, but if you got a good result and just say you've had a good game that day. I'm not saying it was me every week. A couple of times he's phoned me and what do you think? We enjoy the game yesterday. Kind of, he treated you like his laddie. Ah, it was great, Gaffer. I loved that. A great result. You done well. I'm not saying I'm, he probably done that with somebody different every every time we got a result that had a good game. But that's the kind of manager he was. He always treated you as if it was his own, kind of as if you were his. And I thought I thought it was different class. And then he went to, obviously, he was doing that well that he got the move to Kilmarnock. Yeah. Which was a, a great move for him. I'm sure he won the cup with Kilmarnock as well. Yeah. yeah. So, Alec Totten, to me, was a superb manager and a, a superb guy. Then then when he when he left, Steve Archibald came and it got better for me. It got better because to play with Steve Archibald and be involved in the same dressing room as him was different class. He had sky, ca- he had sky cameras and everything at the training. Yeah, everybody just loved it. You could, you yeah. couldn't wait to get home for your work and get away at the training when that was happening. It was like being at a different level. And yeah. at, to me, Steve Archibald, everybody thought he was grumpy and that. And the way you look, Ken, when you look at him, he looks unhappy and grumpy. It was different class. We went. We were sitting top of the league at Christmas one year, and we he took he actually. Well, I'm saying he took us. It wasn't him. It was the club, but the club took us to Tenerife that year, and it was, it was that just a kind of bonding thing, because it was only, it was only Christmas time. But we were doing well, and we had a game in that there, and we were training as well. But he used to say, "You can go out and hear a couple of pints, but don't let us down when we're in the games." 
says, we're here for a wee, a wee break. He says, but you can have a wee drink as long as you don't, when the games are on the next day, don't be drinking the night before, a couple of drinks or that. That was the kind of man he was. He, was, he wanted the best for the players. players. All the players loved him. He treated the players the way he was treated. Although maybe his five thought it was a wee bit too too much or too big for the way they were, but it was it was absolutely brilliant. And I, I'm sure we got promoted the first season, and then the next again year we actually went to Florida because we'd done that well, and we had a night out so that the wives could go. So the wives, the kids, everybody was there at Florida, and oh, it was ama- it was amazing. It was the way probably the right superstars at the top of the new were getting it. But we loved it. We had, we had, I think we had a big complex with about 20 bungalows and we were all like maybe two couples or three couples some, and every one of them, old Mr Baxter and that was there. Mm. I don't know if anybody's brought up Mr Baxter, but as far as I'm concerned, when, he was, when I was at the club, he was one of the best. He was a right I mean, character, yeah. We used to. I heard a lot of people say that. He was a crook. He was done this. But he still put money into his fife and he, he looked after the players. I'll, I'll never forget it. Florida used to get the boys selling the looky looky watches and that. Mr. Baxter went away and bought 20. He was, he'd come back and he's asking all the players if he wants to buy them. He was maybe making £2 off them or something. <laughs> that, but that's the kind of thing. But he loved, he loved being around the players. He actually offered to buy me a set of golf clubs. The best, the best golf clubs you can get or in Florida. Yeah, mate, I'll, I'll, I'll buy them for you. I'll get them. I'll just take £5 off your wages every week or something. I'm like, no, mister. You're talking £500, £600 at that time. And I'm saying, no, you're okay, mister. But that's the kind of man he was. I can tell you another wee thing about him. It might be getting on a wee bit. Hey, I, you know what, Rab Scott, Scotty. Yeah, I picked Scotty up every night training. Scotty was, I could write a book about Scotty, <laughs> but I wouldn't like to get him. In. But I'll never forget the time Mister Baxter bought Scotty a wee rent at eleven for to get him at the training. I picked him up every night. Now Scotty was one of the boys who loved his drink. Honest, I used to pick him up my Saturday, and he still had his working clothes on for the night of four, and I had to sit and wait. When Alec Todman was there, I had to sit and wait on him coming out with his shirt and no iron or anything and get his tie on and I was getting fined every week because I was waiting on him. Anyway, Mr Baxter bought him this wee car to go to the training. Never forget it. Very first weekend he got it. We, we used to go out for a pint after the games in Armadale. So anyway, I was standing at the taxi rank. I'm looking, next thing I see this wee Renault 11 coming along the, the main street with the wee D mister on at the bottom like that. That was a bold Scotty, drunk, but driving the car. I gets a phone call in the morning. Now, he only got this car on a Thursday. This was the first weekend. He ripped it off. He went right straight into the wee St Mary's school and bath <laughs> heading home that night. Unfortunately, he wasn't injured or anything, but the car was a write-off. But that was Scotty. Like, he was some player. Yeah. Scotty was, Scotty was, when I read my team, Scotty's in my team and he would be every day. If somebody was there to look after Scotty when he was younger, he would have been one of the top players. Yeah, and I, yeah, we've heard he's going through a bit of a hard time at the moment and stuff as well, which is a, a shame. Ah, it's no, but... it's no, 
He's not looking well at all. He's, he was one of my favourite all-time like players. That. Oh, oh, I was brilliant. Do, do you still keep in touch with the guys? I see, I see Scott in that noon again. I, his daughter stays for Asti, and I've seen him. He actually walks for Bathgate out because he, he's one of the boys. He's, he's never ever got a lot of money, but he'll always come out to visit his daughters and that. And I've seen me in the van stopping and giving him a lift and then just going away back to where I was. I do it quite a lot. But to be honest, I've not seen him for a few months. But the last time I seen him, he, was, he had lost about probably about three stone, and it he, he was not he was never heavy. Yeah. But he's, he doesn't look after himself. Kenny, he's one of the boys, he's, he's never changed, even since he played. Uh, he went, I remember he got a move to Clyde after his five, and I'm sure that he left on Mr Baxter a wee bit of money that he helped him out with. And I'll never forget it, we're in the old Bayview, the Bayview bar, it was at old Bayview, and uh, Mr Baxter comes Rab, as he as he sees him walking, walking through. So we were in the lounge. So Scotty goes away at the back emergency exit, and Mister Baxter's like, "Anybody seen Bobby? Hey, Robert?" We are like, "No, no, he's not here." You know what? Where, where is he? And that was him coming here. We want to see him. And that was Scotty for you. Scotty was different. Yeah. But as I say, Steve Archibald was a great manager. I thought. And I, I'm surprised. I don't know how what how it ended up at East Fife. The reason it, it, I know that he wanted to go full time with some of the young boys uh, when they got promotion that year. I think it was, yeah. was it the first division we were in then. Yeah. And I'm sure it. I'm sure he says if we don't get even a 10, 10 young boys full time in that and make the club go full time, we'll just come straight back doing the next again season. And I'm sure right. he did. Yeah. Or we. Might be yeah. Wrong. No, we we got absolutely hammered that season, like seven one and six nil. Or it was like a horrible season. <laughs> I played. I, I was still there. I'm sure. Was it? I'm sure it was Jimmy Bone. Was Jimmy Bone not the manager? Yeah, there? Jimmy Bone had taken over when Archie left, and yeah, it was a horror. It was. It was one of those things like you get promoted, so you're excited that you've got promoted, and then it just turned into a season of hell. <laughs> Uh, yeah. No, it was just I just don't think they signed enough uh, experienced players at that level for the keepers up. I can remember it was it wasn't a great season, and we, I remember we went straight back doing. Yeah, it was one it, of the lowest point totals it, ever, I think, for a team. <laughs> I, I, I didn't know that, but I knew it was a bad season. Mm. Yeah, but, but I just didn't. I didn't. I don't know the, the ins and outs. How, why Stevie Archibald? got the sack or if he left or what happened I'm not really right sure I've been I've, I've been in his company a couple of times since because when we played Rangers that day Steve Archibald and Alan Stedden came to the game and they actually came into the players lounge after it and was blaring away at him and then I seen him at Mr Baxter's funeral as well yeah but I've not really I've not really heard, heard much from him since I mean, there was rumours, obviously, that um, it was he wanted the players to go on strike and things like that. Were, were you ever asked to, to strike about the conditions? No, I was never asked to strike. Definitely not. No, that I can remember anyway. Yeah, because that was in the papers, and I, I think it was a personality clash, though, as well, because Mr Baxter had left by that time and Julian Danskin had taken over. 
I think Archibald and Danskin just did not get on. It was a complete clash of personalities and egos yeah. and... Well, that that was... I mean, obviously, I know you guys weren't there, but just for any of our listeners that were, to see if you're going into that, that Archibald called that out at his event, that, that Julian Danskin was the reason he left his fight. Uh, well, I, I can see his point in that now because I don't think... I don't think any, many people got on with Julian Danskin, although he was probably doing a great... I don't know what he'd done, but putting money into the club yeah. and that, that way, but it was just... It was bad publicity in the end of what I, what oh, I can yeah. remember. No, I knew that. I didn't know things like that at the time, but maybe Steve Archibald knew a wee bit more than what we did. But I think it, a lot of personality clashes, though, between them. It was Both of them are very strong characters, I think, as well. So. Julian probably wanted to be higher, bigger than Steve Archibald, but it was, it wasn't, it was never going to happen. No, definitely not. Um, just to round off on a couple of the questions that I've got just before we come to Michael, Michael touch about an Archibald again in a minute, but I mean, you played nearly 200 games for the club, which is unbelievable. What are the ones that still like still stand out for you now? The Rangers one aside, because you've touched on that, but like ones that like stick out in your memory, uh, like if you were sitting down in the pub, what would be the ones that you would talk about? To be honest, I'm terrible for remembering games. You speak to people in the pub and they'll say, remember that game? I'm talking 25, 30 years ago. You just say you scored a hat-trick and we, want, we got beat 4-3, things like that. I can, I'm I'm terrible for remembering games. I can remember playing Spartans, believe it or not, the Scottish got my score that day because I can remember Steve Archibald saying, if you score a goal, I'll give you a my pair of, I always loved the boots that he wore. He says, I'll get you a pair of boots. I think it was Joma. I think it was Joma's. They came from, they either, either came from Spain or it was that way or something. And he, he says, if you score, because I was, I was never one for scoring many goals. When I played full back, I maybe went forward, but it was just a case of getting the ball in and straight back again. And I scored that day against Spartans. And he actually gave, he did give me a pair of football boots that day. Uh, but I'm terrible for. I remember getting a promotion at Clyde. Sure, we drew one each. Yeah. It's Paul Chalmers, I think, scored the goal. Am I right? Yeah, I think so. Sure, it was Paul Chalmers. That rings a bell. I'm sure Paul Chalmers scored that day, and I think we drew one one, but it was enough to get us promoted that day. But I'm terrible for a lot of games. Your Look second at... goal came uh, just a few weeks later against Thames. Uh, no, it's Stenhouse Muir, oh, um, and that was the second goal in a two-all draw. No, like, see, I can't remember even that. I, I'll be honest with you, I've had to go, and two people that we will call out, um, who always are great at helping us, um, Jimmy Kerstorff and James Kerstorff, and um, provided some of the stats, as did Stephen Mill, who both sort of work as almost like the, the resident stats or, or club historians. But... Um, Jimmy said that he could remember your first goal at Bayview Stadium, which you netted from a really tight angle, maybe even directly from a corner. Um, that was down at the sea end. You didn't score very often and you weren't sure how to celebrate and just turned to the crowd and did a funny wee jump up and down with your fist raised. Um, looking at his records, this would be East Fife's first ever defeat at the new ground, which was against Stirling Albion on the 28th of November, 1998. Was it? Yep. So... 
Next question from me, and, and this is one that came from a fan. You played at the old Bayview and you played at the new Bayview. How did you find the difference in the grounds? Old Bayview, the old Bayview, to me, I thought the atmosphere was much better at the old Bayview. Yeah. At the surface at the new Bayview was different class. I just thought, see, they always say that we've got to put another stand in at the other side or something like that. I don't know what it's like now. I've not, I've, I keep saying, I'm, I kept telling them I was going to come over and have a wee visit and that. Uh, but I don't know what it's like now. But at that time, it was great until, obviously, you know, the, the, when the wind and that was there. I thought if they put another stand up, it would have been different class. But the surface was different. Brilliant playing on it. Apart from the one side, the stand at one side. If you look at the other side, you know what it's like. It's, it's a wee bit, no as much atmosphere of that going. Yeah. But it wouldn't have mattered what done with They were going to move it anyway because it was on it was on the agenda for a long while when I was there. Yeah, I don't think it was really fit for purpose anymore because they were worried that the the terracing was going to collapse because it was just yeah, leaning. It was it was an old it was an old stadium. But it was it was great atmosphere and probably a lot of people then had a lot of great memories for their kind of older older folk now, but they probably had a lot of great memories because I can remember seeing games highlights of that and it, the crowd was really really big really big crowds that were getting it at Old Bayview in one time. Yeah, my very first game was in 1984, and it was Hibs in a cup replay, and there was about ten thousand folk crammed in to a stadium that really didn't have the capacity, I don't think, to hold that amount of people. And right. I think it was just, it was crumbling, there was bits of the terrace in. I mean, what what was it like then as a player at the Old Bayview? What were the, what were the dressing rooms like? The dressing rooms not were okay. See, when you, when I, what I can remember, when you go to places like, uh, what do you call it, Shrewd Coat Bridge and that, you oh, see their, Clifton Hill, yeah. You see their dressing rooms. Bayview's, old Bayview's dressing rooms were all right. It was actually okay. I, I, as I say, it was it was like a, a right step up for me even to start playing there. And I thought it was superb. And I, I actually liked playing at Old Bayview as well. I thought the atmosphere was a bit better. But you can't take away the surface at, when the, at New Bayview when we moved into that. Yeah. It was superb. It was, uh, and we're going to get training facilities and that built it, kind of obviously make it even better. Maybe they did it after I left, but... Yeah, they've got a nice training pitch now and there's the community pitch and I guess they, they dug up the grass pitch now, so it's now down as a as a plastic pitch, although that's oh, not what... Pitch, yeah, that's not what you're meant to call it anymore. 3, 3G or 4G or... 3G or Astro. Yeah. Astro grass or Another I'm fan old. question, just in relation to your, your memories. This has come from Craig Brown. And he, Craig's the same age as me, so he's, he's obviously got a better memory. But I always remember uh, Dickie getting booked or sent off potentially a second yellow for uh, versus Motherwell for kneeing a back pass to the goalie at Bayview around 1998 in the League Cup. Do you remember that? No, definitely no. I don't remember that either. Why would yeah, he get sent off for that, though? No idea. He, he said that it, it, he's, Craig managed to find the stats online and apparently the game went to extra time and we lost 1-0. Um, according to Motherwell Wiki, he got sent off for two yellows. We finished with nine men. 
So how did they get sent off for kneeing it back to the goal? I don't know if the refs obviously thought it was a pass back or whatever. But but you don't get booked that's... for that. No oh, idea. I'm just going by a fan's <laughs> question. I, I'm not saying that that's definitely what it's for, but... Um... To be honest, I can't remember it either. I'm, I'm, as I say, I'm not the best for years gone by. Remember the games right. Like you experienced promotion and relegation with, with the team, and you, you touched on it a bit there. But what was your memories of that promotion season with Steve Archibald and that that day at Clyde? It, the players really enjoyed it. That when we got promoted, that was the the highest we had been since the seventies. Oh, actually, no, it was. It was the highest we'd been since the mid eighties, and then we've never got anywhere near those levels again. And it's. It's weird to think that we've never got to that level again, but what's your memory of that season? I just remember I just remember at East Fife, for some reason every year, they always brought a couple of good players in that was experienced boys, like it's played at a higher even higher level. And I thought that helped us a lot a lot like that year I just thought everybody was happy being at the training and Want to play for Steve Archibald at the time? He had the he had the place, like a place you were want to go to, like your work, as if you enjoyed your work and you couldn't wait to go to the training. I just thought that was one of the reasons that everybody was like, together every game, and it was I, I, I can't compliment them enough the way he treated all the players and that because I thought it was and even his training. I loved it. his training was like. You know, you know the old school that was always run, 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 run. Even pre-season, run as as long as you can. The training was just wasn't great when people was doing that every every night at the training. Stevie was always if you were running, you always had the ball. Even if you still hard training, but you always, you always had the ball at your foot or working with a ball. On it. I just think everybody enjoyed it at that time, and I. I can't believe that he's no went into another club to be. Aye, it's it's very weird because he was involved with Airdrie, and then no. I don't know what has happened. If he's been kind of blackballed a bit in Scottish football, he, he just or... said he he kind of got scunnered a bit. But um, when when we spoke to him, because we asked him the same question, he was just kind of a bit like, I think so disillusioned with football after that that. He never really got back into it. But even now, he said, never say never. He would, he would maybe come back into being a manager at some point. I can't believe that he's not involved at football. Like. Yeah. He's, he still does a bit of agent like work. So, like, in terms of being a football agent, I think. Um, and he does a lot of commentary on the, the Barcelona games for Bar- uh, uh, for a radio over there. Because, obviously, oh. fluent in Spanish now as well. So, does a bit of that. Right, that's good. It's good that he's doing after he was dismissed and Jimmy Bone took over, you, you touched on that season, we got relegated. My memory of that season was, it, from a fan's point of view, it wasn't fun because we were getting beat 6-0, 7-1. I remember being at Dundee one day and we, we got beat 7-1. It was just a terrible game. But when you're a player and you're having that bad a season, how hard is it to, to get motivated and keep going? Well, it's, it's hard for everybody, not just one or two players, it's it's just, every, football's all about confidence. And when you're getting hammered every week and you're saying to yourself, 
we've got to get hammered in the night, the, the day again against just say Dundee or that because they're probably a stronger team. It should, you shouldn't be thinking that, but it's all about confidence. And at that season, we just didn't have any confidence. And I, I don't I don't know if it was down to the manager or if it was just the players. Players weren't good enough for that step up. I don't I can't remember if who if you signed any players that year. I can't even I can't really remember who was playing at that that time. I can't yeah. either. I think I've blocked that year out of my memory altogether. <laughs> I can't remember it. I can't remember Jimmy Bone bringing in like a couple of players that was going to help us in because we were up a level. But I can remember one thing about him. Uh, when I got injured, we played Falkirk two weeks before the Rangers game. And uh, I, I got a really bad gash in my knee against Falkirk. It was Jamie McGowan, it was. It was a right muddy night. It was all Bayview. The two of us went into a sliding tackle. Nothing was meant. It wasn't a bad tackle or anything. But his back studs caught my knee. And I got took to the Queen Vic with the dock. I think it was it Doc McC- is it McCrossan the Doc's Yeah, name? McCrossan. Aye. Well, the Doc went to Queen Vic with me and that. And it was, it was, he says it's the worst they had seen. It was just like opened up because it was just like a razor blade. But that was two, two, two or three weeks before we got Rangers. Now, I was dying. I was, because I was a Rangers fan, I was dying to play against. And plus, a big game like that comes once, once in a lifetime for some people. So I was desperate to play. And I'll never forget Jimmy Bone. I trained the week before it, I trained myself, and then I trained with the first team on the Thursday night it was. And uh, next thing, Jimmy Bone shouts me into the office. And I'm like, oh, here we go. What's what's this? So I was trying my hardest to get involved. I'm saying to myself, see if I get if I got a strap, I'll be happy. Because I I thought I was I was back fit again, but I was still I was wearing a wee bandage and that because I just got the stitches out the week before. So anyway, he took me into his office. He's what can I say, wee man? I, I says, what is it, gaffer? He says, you're for, eh, Rangers on Saturday and you're injured. And I'm not, I could have jumped off the fourth road bridge, honest. And I'm saying, gaffer, I'm no, I'm no injured. He says, I've trained, I've, I've trained the last two nights. I feel fine. I'm fit as anything. He says, just to let you know, you're starting on Saturday. And I'm no joking, I, I can jump right off the table. <laughs> I probably gave him the biggest cuddle I've gave anybody. But it was just the way it was. It was a big game for everybody at the club, yeah. not just for me. And, and it, it, to me, it was a, we actually done all right. Although we yeah. beat 3 0. We were getting beat 3 0 at half time. Well, considering some of the other results that year, it's like that was a great performance. Well, we were getting beat 3 0 at half time, and I think it took Brian Loudrop off. So I say he was playing against Gilbert. Uh, Gilbert, I was playing right back that night on that day, and he uh, he was loud drop with skin anybody. To be honest, he was different class at that time. Yeah, and uh, I can remember reading the papers the next day. He got battered and all that. I think Gilbert worked in the fish shop, fish place at that time, and it was on the papers. But as I say, Brian Loudrop was doing that with everybody, and Gilbert was a. To me, Gilbert was a good player at East Fife as well. He was on unfo- He went down to Liverpool and that. Yeah, he was never the same after that. No, I, I, know, I know. I don't know if it's maybe. I don't know if it's hurt him because he got sent back up and he never got nothing out of it, or if it's maybe went to his head. Or, but you can always say that he was on trial at Liverpool. Yeah. 
just and it's only because he was doing well with his fife at the time. I mean, th- that time you you touched on it a little bit, like. Sky being at training and you're in the papers every other day there seemed to be a story in some paper because Steve Archibald seemed to really work his his contacts in, in the papers what was it like because you're playing for a small club but you're getting all this publicity and you had like Paul Taylor going over to Spain and getting uh, injury sorted out by top doctors and you spoke about the trips that you had and stuff like that it must have been a really surreal experience and you, you've got games getting called off because you've got players away on international duty with Trinidad. Aye, that's true, aye. Arnold Warica, Arnold Rico's quality and on. I had two or three players playing with us at that time. I can't remember their names. Gavin yeah. Lewis and Craig Denham. Gavin, uh, Gavin Lewis. They were the other two. And the big, is it big Craig? What's he? Craig Denham. Ah, uh, the big centre-half. Yeah. He was built like, he was built like a bit uh, a bodybuilder, man. Yeah, he's a coach of a women's team in the States now. Yeah. Uh, well, t- to be to be honest, I thought Arnold, Arnold Warica was quality when he was at East Fife. I thought he would have went on and done better with somebody. Well, I yeah. Thought. I think he came and played in MLS for a little bit and then they didn't just didn't make it and then went back to Trinidad in the end. Uh, but, I mean, it, it was such a, a, a weird time. Your testimonial must have been something I'm immense pride, you know, to, to have stayed at a club in the, the senior ranks for so long and, like you said, played for the jersey. So clearly loved the club. You, we managed to get hips for you um, in July 2000. What was your memories of that day? First of all, it was a pleasure to get asked for even get a testimonial. And I think it was doing to Mr. Baxter again. He, he always says to me, he says, I'll make sure that you get a testimonial before you go, before you leave. And to, to his word, they did it. And he, I couldn't have asked for, like, I can't just say, I want Celtic or I want Rangers. I was just delighted. I would have played against Wraith Rovers or something in my testimonial. Just to have it was remarkable. And, and I, I appreciate all the work that he put in for to get Hibs, which was it was quite quite a big team. Kind of, there were a good side that came out that day. You remember Agath and all that was playing, and Tom McManus, and that, who was all, also at East Fife when I was there. Uh, and just to get, I, I can remember coming out at the end, and it was I had there was busloads for Armadale went through the game, and and all the family and that. And it was it was just I, I was proud as anything just to to get asked to get a testimony. To be honest. I mean, nowadays, it's testimonials seem quite rare. It's players don't seem to stick at clubs for no. any length of time. I mean, you you, you said you were really happy at, at Bayview. What, what what was it about the club that made you stay for so long? Because I'm sure you had offers along the way to go somewhere else. I don't. It's just a, I'm just a kind of boy at half. I want to work. If I once I'm with somebody, or working with somebody. If I'm enjoying it, I'll not leave them. And, and I, as I said before, I, I wasn't bothering about money. Although I never had any, I wasn't. A, I wasn't one of the boys. Just say you got offered. I'm just saying a figure. Just say you got offered two grand. No, I want four grand. Or or maybe folk getting offered five. I want ten. You got people like that every year. Mm. That always was there for the money. They couldn't care about the club. 
they weren't caring about if you got promoted or if you got relegated. All they were thinking about, I'm not saying everybody, but there was certain boys that came. Oh, yeah. All they were thinking about was money. They were quite happy just picking their wages up every week, going home, couldn't care, didn't hurt them if you got beat. I was I was totally different. I would have, I would have played for nothing, to be honest. I would have played for my expenses and still, and still gave the same as what I did for getting my, my bonus money or my, my win bonus, my draw bonus or that. I think that's why you're so highly thought of still, though, amongst fans of a certain age, like myself, and it's like, because you did give your all on the pitch, and that's all all you really want, and to stick with the club for so long, like, we're having a testimonial this year for Kevin Smith, and it's crazy to think it's like 22 years is the last time between... I didn't even know that was anybody else getting a testimonial, because I always say to myself, well, maybe... There'll not be many more testimonials. No. Uh, after I got mine, like I'm, I didn't mean just with Fife, I meant with anybody. Yeah. There's no, no many. It's just what he says there. There's no many players stick by the same club for ten years now. We, uh, we've got a guy here with the the Whitecaps in Vancouver that he came to us in two thousand and seven into the the youth team, and he's still here in twenty twenty two, and it's like that's just crazy. Because you just don't see that in modern football anymore. No, that's great. But you don't see it much, very seldom nowadays. As I say, and it's all because of money. Yeah. People are just want as much. And the money's, to be to be fair, I think the money's wasting in football. Well, yeah, I was, I was going to actually ask you, like, do, do you wish you'd played in a different time? Do you wish you'd played in the modern era where you'd be making a lot more money and you'd be getting a lot more attention? Your game, every game would be... Get me wrong. Everybody wishes you wish you could, but you only play to what your level is. And to me, my level was because I because I left it so late. To me, to me, my level was like say that the level I played at. I, I didn't get me wrong. I, I can remember getting a the chairman saying to me about what's his name. It was it was Dunfermline manager at the time, Dick someday. Wasn't Dick Campbell? It was he, he told me that he was looking at me in that, and then Mister Baxter asked me if I wanted to go to. I think it was Japan actually. Did his his son? His son. Oh yeah. Uh-huh. Well, his he, son was he, in Sweden and then in Japan and stuff. Yeah. I'm sure it was Japan. It was some. It was a country like that. Some like that. But he seemingly his son was a manager there. Yeah. And he was asking me with the with the light with the go. I think it was as if his son had been. Speaking about it, like, I, don't, I never came, I, I wouldn't have went anyway, but it never came to anything. But and I was quite happy at East Fife. And I, as I say, I, I loved every minute of it, up until the hinner end, up until the last yeah. two or well, three months. Just, just to touch on that then, when, when Clarkie said you were going and then Linlithgow Rose came in for you, did, did you have any doubts about going back to the juniors or were you quite happy at that point to, to go back? Oh. I was quite happy. I was, I was getting. I think I was thirty-seven or something at that time, and I've said I didn't want to go. And I wouldn't. I wouldn't have liked to have went and played with, just say a, a, a weird club and then playing against East Fife and that. I would. Plus, Lanlithgow Rose was one of the top juniors at that time. Yeah. Yeah, and the, I knew the manager and that as well. So I knew I was going to a good club. Although I was a wee bit had a wee bit of knee problem at the time when I signed. But I went on to 
and we ended up getting two Scottish Cup medals with them. Uh, first two years I was there, I think it was. Two, well, it was 2001 and 2002. We won the Scottish Cup and we actually won seven trophies that year. So wow. although I left these five and I, I didn't like it, I didn't like leaving it, I went on and still had a great time. In fact, Big Davey Beaton was playing with us at the same time. Oh, so of course, yes. We were, we were actually together again at that club as well. And we were there for about four, I think I was there four years. In fact, I got played of the year when I was 40. Wow. Which is, even that is good for a club like Linlithgow, can't get a player of the yeah. year. But I had a great time at Linlithgow Rose as well. As I say, we won seven trophies. We only lost one that year. And we won the Scottish Cup, and then we got, I think we got beaten the semi, beaten the final the next again year. But I got two medals. I've always loved the the junior game, and whilst I love the new pyramid system and everything, it has kind of killed the junior game a little uh, bit now. It's not, it's not the same now. There's there's teams in playing junior now that wouldn't have got a game in the pub league now. Yeah. And I, to be honest, I don't watch a lot of it, a lot of the junior football now, just because of my work. Uh, but, very seldom. I've seen me going down and maybe watching half an hour, but it's nothing like it used to be then. No, because all the top clubs are ambitious, and now you've got Bonnie Rig Rose in the in the league, and it's like that's going to be the first of many, I think, over the next few years. I think. Uh, well, I think that's the way they look. That's the way it started because they were all looking, hoping that they would get up into the. But I don't think there's there's no many junior clubs good enough to to stay up there. I don't no. think so. Some some of the West ones like Auchinleck and something, I think they could no. always probably do it, but yeah. So this one came in from uh, a listener. Which player gave you the hardest game? Which player? Yeah. Which one do you still wake up in cold sweats in the middle of the night turning you inside out in your dreams? Nobody. It's <laughs> <laughs> the same again, I'm I can't really... I'll tell you one player that I thought stood out every time I played against him. Or not just... He wasn't playing against me and that, but against was Willie Irvin that played with Alloa. I thought Willie was a great player. And I'll, and it brings it back again to David Clark. I remember... I'm sure it was Matt... Was it Matt Donicky? I can't remember. He actually told somebody, man, Matt, Willie Irvin... And he scored a hat-trick that day. Because um, we were having a bit of banter about it. But to me, Wally Irvin was... Stood out like a safe thumb. So did, there was a few, but I'm terrible with names. Oh, Christ, I had that in my tip. There's another one that played before for centre-forward. He, he actually went about the clubs a couple of times. And I can't remember his name now, but... He was another one that stood out. To, but there was there was a lot of good players at that time. And yeah. I played. It's just trying to remember their names. It's the same with East Fife. East Fife had lots of really top names playing with them in the years that I was there. Like, you yeah. know, Big Alan Irvin was at Liverpool and that. He came up and had a fucking, an absolutely stormy of his trial game, his first game. I think he got... I think he got a fortune because of that one game, but I didn't think he didn't do a lot more after that. I didn't know but, he played at us. Did you didn't know, know that? Alan? No, I know Big Alan. He works in the garage just near me. 
Self Carson that is but he was yeah. he was a good player. But he was the same, he got his got his big signing on fee and that. Yeah. And then it was as if he wasn't the same player after that. We've had that a lot over the years. Players have become on trial, done well, and then they've been terrible over the rest of the season once they get their contract. Right. Derek oh, Riordan, the last one. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. He's five. Yeah. yeah. He came first for a bit, eh? Um, so, final, well, before we go into your all time 11s, every um, former player that I have on asked this question. Do you have anything that you've kept from your players, your, your playing days, like an East Fife shirt or a pair of boots? Or like, what's your favourite bits of memorabilia? Is it just for East Fife? Both. Give us both. both. Well, I've got, I've still got my East Fife strip up the stair. I've still got that. Uh, I've still got my boots that I played, and they're still all polished up. And then a wee kit bag, and it's in the cupboard through there. Still got my testimonial jug, obviously. But yeah. unfortunately, three weeks after my testimonial, I got my house broken into. And believe it or not, they stole my watch and that, that I got. Oh, no. And I'm not joking you. See, I got my, I had my, the money that I got for East Fife was in the top shelf on my glass unit in the, in the living room. But they never got, because whoever broke in were down on their knees and they were trying to do everything below the window so I've still got I've still got my still through there actually I've still got the jug but I've not got I never got the watch I think it was a the watch it was in a wee case and that it was a watch and a pen and that Mr Baxter got them off her I've still got the pictures and that way giving them out to all the Hibs players on the park got pictures like that and I've still got, obviously I've kept my two Scottish Cup medals do you remember which, which season these five strip it was? Or what the sponsor is on it? I remember it. Forrester, want me to get it? Aye, go on. Let's see it. Oh, look oh at it's that, that one. Beautiful. That is oh, absolutely... That is... That's in quality good. condition. That's like brand new. It's never been worn. Split, it was split new. It was that day. I'm, I'm sure it was this... Sure, it was a Rangers game one. Because I actually see the I don't know if I told you, see the day the Rangers game. Yeah. That's what else I've got. I forgot meant to say. The day of the Rangers game, I got Alan McCoy's strap and Richard Goff strap that day. Oh, super. Nice. I played, I played against Alan McCoy's at Old Bayview when he played with the reserves with Duncan Ferguson. Him and Duncan yeah. Ferguson's up front. And I played against the two of them. And I asked Ali for his strip that day, and he wouldn't, he couldn't give us it. But he, he says, "Give me your name and address, and that, and I'll post one to you." And I says, oh, "I didn't bother. I'll, I'll maybe play against you again one day." I didn't. I wasn't want to get get him go through all the posting them and that. So anyway, that day at Ibrox, first thing I says to him, and he mind he, he remembered like, he says you'll definitely get it the day we man. So anyway, oh that's I says, nice. I says to Big Goffey as well, just in case I didn't get one. So Big I need no bother me, man. I'll get you after the game. So anyway, we're going off the partner. Mind my strap. Aye. So it was Archibald was in the players' lounge at the time speaking to me. And Alan McCoy walks in with his strip under his arm and he walks straight over to me. He says, There you go, wee man. And 
I can remember that Archibald saying, oh, you've made the wee man's day now, like, and he, he took it. So anyway, I had a, I seen Big Goff coming in as well, so I put it inside my jacket, and I says <laughs> to Big Goff, what about my strap, big man? Oh, forgot me, man, come with me. <laughs> he took me away right round to the kit. In fact, it was Jimmy Bell who just died. Take yeah. me right, right through the dressing room and says to Jimmy Bell, give the wee, wee man my strap. So he's rating through it and he's saying to me, Big Goff, he's stunning at the back of me still. He's, he's, is it the big man you want? I says, aye, because he was still wearing it. Anyway, Goffy went away back through and he says, are you sure? I says, well, give me Brian Loudrops if, if you've got that. <laughs> he says, we can't give you that. He says, we're running out of them. There's that many of them getting given out. But he, he looked at Big Goffy's strap and I got the two of them. As I say, that's only, that's only the memorabilia I've really got. I've got the two uh, straps because everybody's trying to get them off me in the bus now. <laughs> that is incredible. That's why I love asking this question yeah. because I think not only does it, like, I just love, like, memorabilia. Like, I'll show you um, some of the, the strips that I've got that you probably would have played in, to be honest, because, I, like, I collect shirts. Um, but it, it obviously brings back the emotion as well. And, like, you know, that would be, like, me getting like I, I was lucky at the testimonial game I was at I managed to get Kevin Smith um, who's one of my East Five heroes I managed to get a, a signed shirt from him so your all time 11s Dickie we'll start right. with your best players you've played with the one, the ones the best players I've played with I've actually just stuck with East Five so it's the best the, I'm not saying they're all the best because as I say there's a lot of players that I've forgot about that I've Get out of my head their names and things like that. But this is the eleven. Goalkeeper, Lindsay Hamilton. Yeah. Right back, Rab Shannon. Second half, Davy Beaton. Along beside Alan Sneddon. And I had to put myself in. Of Didn't course. Know to <laughs> On the right, Gilbert Allen. Middle of the park. Steve Archibald and Robert Pritz. Yeah. And Arnold Warica on the wide left. Up oh, front, yeah. up front had to be Scotty, Robert Scott, alongside Stevie Kirk. That's a we good team. Not, That's a pretty good team. That's like one of the best 90s teams going. I've put subs in because I feel, I mean, I put Ronnie Huldersley in as well on the subs bench with Mark Donicky, John Cusack, Wally Burns and Big Ewan, the goalie. I thought Big Ewan was a good goalkeeper with his fight when I was there as well. But I couldn't put the two of them, obviously. But I had to give him a mention. Now, that's my that's my team that I played with, but I just yeah. stopped I just stopped to East Fife with that. That's totally fine. The best team I've played against against and with again. I, Michael, you might not like this, or Liam or that might not like it, but it's Andy Gorham, yeah. Gary Stevens right back, Richard Goff centre half, John Brown beside them, and Stuart Munro left back. Trevor Stevens, who I played against at Ibrox that day, I played. Barry Ferguson, Derek McInnes, but that was when he played at Morton when I was yeah. at East he stood it like every game. That's probably one of the best players I've played against. Right. I knew, knew that, mind, that was a question you asked me. Yeah. 
Because when he was at Morton, he was every game that I played against he, he was different class. And Brian Loudrop, that was only only bit one of the reasons was the game against the Ibrox. He played only played 45 minutes. And up front was David Cooper and Alan McCoyst. I couldn't I couldn't put other names in because they're all better than the ones. Yeah, of course. Yeah, the the subs for that I've put in Wally Irvin because I thought Wally stood out at our level kind of yeah. the league playing in. Big Duncan Ferguson who I played at Old Bayview with, with my voice yeah. told you. Mark Anthony don't know if you know Mark Anthony no. played with Seattle and Lithgow but he played with Celtic he was on Celtic's books and he was about the size of me as well he was he was some player I thought he was different class and I, I can't believe it didn't stay at senior level yeah. Uh, uh, another big boy I've put in is big Michael Dukes, who was a goalkeeper. Played with me at Armadale for years. I went to Kilsyth Rangers yeah. uh, after I left. At the end, of, I was was assistant manager. And I, I could have went manager if I, if I wanted, but because of my work, I didn't take it. But Michael Dukes was a goalie. He was with me at Armadale. And we, I signed him at Kilsyth and suddenly he sadly passed away about about a year and a half ago two years ago and he was probably only about 38 year old it was out the blue i was at, i went to his funeral that which was really sad but he was an absolute top goalkeeper he ended up went into coaching and that was through coat bridge and that yeah, but it was yeah. a different class there's hundreds more that i could but i'm so i couldn't mind all their names yeah, but the ones that i can remember i'm, I'm sure especially the ones that played at East Fife. As you say, you'll, you'll not get much better team than that. No. Probably win the, win the league this year if we got them back. Aye, if you wouldn't mind. Um, yeah, that would, that would be nice. <laughs> Look, I mean, that is the end of, of your show. I mean, personally speaking, I really, really enjoyed it. I mean, some of the stories and stuff that you, you've, you've had have been great. I, I love the... The memorabilia that the fact that you've, you've kept that and you, the way you managed to wangle uh, Coisty's shirt and, and all that sort of stuff. Is there anything that you feel we've not covered, or is, or is there any messages that you would like to send to these fans? Obviously, you never got the, the big chance to say goodbye that that you were sort of robbed off. Is there anything you'd like to say to them now? Oh, I would just love to thank every every single one of them. There's there's some of them that keep in touch with me yet. Ian Matthews, Big Kenny, and Davy. I don't think I don't even think they go to the games anymore for some reason. I don't know why. Yeah. Yeah. See, they were they were like diehards when I was there at the end, but that's yeah. that's twenty five years ago probably. Yeah. But I just I just love to thank not not just the fans, everybody that was at East Fife at the time. There's a lot of great people that sadly passed away. I can remember some of them. Oh, is it Alec Doig? Oh, Alec, is it Alec Doig? Yeah. Yeah. We recently lost Dave Marshall as well, um, who was a massive, massive part of the of the fabric of the club, in my opinion, anyway. We, we lost him just at the start of the year. Um, and, yeah, like you say, there's a, a few people. But somebody that's still at the club um, is Leona. I don't Leona, know if you remember Leona. She's still there. Um, she, even to- she was there when I was there, and she yeah. was different class. I've actually yeah. spoke, I spoke to her. Must have been a couple of years ago because I told her that I was going to come over. Yeah. And she said, just give me a phone and I'll get 
tickets put to the side for you and that. Uh, but as I say, because of my work, I've, I've found it hard to get off unless I get somebody to cover me like. But I'm, yeah. going to have to, I'm definitely going to do it. But I just like love to thank every fan that was there, even probably a lot of them passed away now. But every fan that was there when I was there, I've not got a bad thing to say about any of them. They were different class for me. And so was East Fife. And it's probably the best time of my life. Definitely. I enjoyed every minute of it. Just a pity we never won a wee bit more. But it was it was a wee bit it was a hard time. It was hard times then as well. Uh, but I loved every minute of it. And it's great to see boys like yourself coming up and doing all the work that you're doing for the club. Because it's to me it's one of the best clubs going about. Well, I think that's a perfect way to to end it. Um, thank you so much for, for joining us and, and ladies and gentlemen Dickie Gibb Thanks very much it was a pleasure That was fantastic stuff for, from Dickie there Lee really really enjoyed that it's good to get that those interviews back up and running again I've of all the podcasts we do, I've got to say that's the ones I, I do enjoy the most. Yeah, we would probably enjoy the the fan chat if the performances were a bit better. Yeah, um, it's that been a very as well because it's been a tough season. It's like oh, yeah. it, it's more a chore. <laughs> it feels sometimes, but yeah, sitting down I mean, with a guy like like Dicky, oh, what a pleasure to chat. Absolute gentleman. <laughs> that total and our gentleman, um, really, really just a genuine guy. Yeah. And just, just for our listeners, I mean, I've been chatting to Dickie for a few weeks now, trying to get this pinned down, and he was so nervous about trying to get the Zoom call set up because it's something he hadn't even heard of. Um, to, to manage to go in and get all that done as well, um, was brilliant. And you know, I know how universally loved it was by the, the East Fife fans um, when he played for us. Like I said in the chat with him, like one of my old colleagues, Rusty, he absolutely loved him. Um, so I know there's a lot of that. But equally, like you said um, at the, the top of the segment there about doing the interviews, they're by far my favourite thing to do. I really, really enjoy doing them. But equally, um, finding the players is really, really difficult. I, I caught up with Jamie Insull at Kevin Smith's testimony and he said he would love to do it. So um, we were meant to have him before, but he, he had to cancel. So hopefully we'll get him pinned down in uh, the coming weeks and we could get that interview out. Yeah, Gordon um, Forrest has said he'd love to do it as well. And I guess with Hearts coming, now it's a, maybe a good time. Yeah, that would be a good one. Show. So there's, there's two that we could give you. We also had a family member of Davy Gorman reach out on oh, on our Twitter. chat with Davy, I've you know I haven't spoken to Davy for umpteen years now. So he's going to try and make that happen. That would be great. But look, the people that we do this for, as much as we enjoy doing them, is you, the listeners. If there's anybody that you would love us to chat to, I mean, I know I would still love to talk to Gordon Judy um, yeah. or any of these sort of guys. If there's anybody you would love us to talk to please do get in touch. Give us an email, go to daysagold at gmail.com or send us one of the messages on our socials. One of the things that I did want to say in our last show that I never got to was a big thank you to, to the fans that on the last game of the season stopped me on the way out and, and thanked us for doing the show um, and that, you know, the, the, the podcast has kept you going in what's been a tough season. Um, you guys have kept us going in what's been a tough season because without you guys downloading um, the show, there would be no point in us doing this, right? And we have a 200-strong fan base every week, um, which 
seems absolutely bonkers to me. We've got a boy who... It's more with, as well. We've got the interviews as well. Yeah, now, now we've got the interviews and stuff. Those figures will rise. But, I mean, we've got a guy, um, George Roberts, who listens to us from Ireland every week. He's never been an East Fife fan in his life. Oh. An East Fife game in his life. We've got Ewan Ross... Um, who's a Celtic fan that listens to us every week, even though he's not an East Fife fan, just loves hearing uh, chatting about Scottish football. And these are guys that have reached out to me across um, different social media platforms in the in the close season. So, just thank you to guys like yourself, and and thank you for listening to the show. Yeah, and thanks for the last two years, two yes. years already. Mental happy anniversary. So, um, we'll be crazy hundred episodes soon as well. Yeah, we'll need to do something special for that. Is, but yeah, yeah. I think We'll do something special. We'll definitely for that. do something special for that. But that is it for this episode. We hope you've enjoyed it. We will be back soon when there's more East Fife news or when we've got an interview. We'll definitely be back with that. Just before we go, Lee, though, let everyone know where they can find you online or any final thoughts you've got. No final thoughts from me. Get behind the team, really. Um, you'll find me on Twitter, Luigi1903. Um, and of course, our, our Twitter page um, for the podcast itself, Glory, at Glory Days of Gold. You'll see my various different musings about who the perhaps the next new Kelty manager is going to be, whichever ex-Rangers fan they want to appoint. <laughs> I'm Michael McCall. Give me a follow on Twitter at AFT in Canada or at AFT in website. To be honest, I'd use the AFT in Canada one if you want to get hold of us or me in particular because that's the one I check the most. Um, get in touch with us, glorydaysagold at gmail.com if you want to send us an email about anything. All our segments are always still open and we want to know things like your favourite games and hardest men, players and lots of things like that. I'm just waffling now because it's been a long two hours. I've managed to get through this. I'm going to go and have a lie down now, I think. And don't forget to go on to manscaped.com, order your package from there. 20% off if you use the code GDOG. Free shipping as well, um, and don't forget you can unlock your confidence and always use the right tool for the jobs with Manscaped. You certainly can. Until next time, thanks for listening. Take care and more than that five. Lord Provost Warren of Glasgow presents the Scottish League Cup to the side that lasted the course better. All conquering East Fife. As I made my way to that pitch on Wellesley Road To sing my songs for the boys in black and gold I heard the stories about 1938 And I was just a boy and knew I'd have to wait there's broken dreams and what might have been at that stadium by the shore But those glory days ago might return 